welcome to Creative Block. I'm your host, V, because Gene is up and about doing some Q-bomb stuff, so he'll be back with us soon. And I will be interviewing people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Chloe Nicolet. Hey! <laughs> Hello! Thank you so much for, join, for joining us. Um, Chloe, I met you when I was in Gobelin. We both went to the same school. <laughs> we did, we did. And you have an impressive career that um, spans over pretty much 10 years now, I guess. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm old. <laughs> too bad. Uh, don't worry, I'm old too. I've always, I've been in this industry for a while too. The grandma's podcast. <laughs> grandma's podcast. <laughs> where we meet and talk, <laughs> we're, we're going to be knitting some sweaters. Oh, yes. Uh, you worked on like some really amazing shows like The Amazing World of Gumball, Arcane. You've worked on Sing 1 and yes. Sing 2 for Illumination Mega. Um, yeah. And let's kind of uh, talk about your journey, kind of first, how did you get interested in animation? Was that always what you wanted to do or uh, what was the, hmm. the path to? <laughs> uh, well, um, no, at first, I think when I was a kid, actually, I wanted to become a game designer. Oh, Not cool. Knowing what it is, because... <laughs> I just wanted to do the characters actually I was like oh man I just love like combat games like when you can have very cool character very badass uh, just uh, doing oh. some crazy stuff and I was like oh yeah I should do my own games with my own characters that would be cool and I thought oh maybe this is game design but no it turns out it's actually character design yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I think uh, basically I thought that animated film were just uh, made uh, auto-generated or something. I didn't know that it was a job that you could do. So <laughs> it was uh, completely out of my frame. So first I was uh, studying to do illustration. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards I realized like, oh, if I'm an illustrator, then it means that I'm going to have to work on my own uh, from home. Oh this is not so great I really wish I could work with some people around me mm -hmm. uh, so I started uh, animation school after that that is right you went to two different schools I think that's really cool uh, how long did you study illustration for uh, well uh, for two years two yeah. years nice and that how many times did you try to get into Goblin? actually just two and uh, I think that's a good score <laughs> I think so as well. That was the same for me and for Alice that we interviewed uh, in the previous oh, episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. I feel like that's the average. Yeah. Getting into Goblin takes at least, I mean, you know, you might be a little prodigy and getting try, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, no, not me. <laughs> I mean, I, I did try once uh, right after leaving high school. So I was really young and really not experienced so uh that first time i didn't manage to get all the the exercises uh corrected you know because at that time uh they would only correct uh exercises that you nailed 
So mm. if you missed like the second one, they wouldn't uh, give you uh, a grade for the third one and fourth one. So I think I went like halfway through the process or something. But, oh, that's mm. right. I forgot about that. It's like they only will grade your exam if you are successful enough. And if you yeah. fail, you don't get a grade. <laughs> that's oh my it. God. <laughs> that's so crazy. Wow. That was such a, that was such a while ago. Uh, yeah, because I feel like Goblin has like changed a lot since I don't know if the entrance exam is like similar to what it was before, but um oh yeah. no, I guess it's really different now, but I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's really cool about the uh the short films you made in Goblin are that they're very well designed. And I do feel like uh your experience in the illustration school prior helped you with your sense of character design. <gasps> yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's really lucky if you come from a different background because you can bring um, in unexpected things to the table, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think I definitely had some references that maybe others didn't have. So that's always nice because I, I don't think that we spend a lot of time uh, working on anything else than animation itself when we are in Goblin. You know, it's really that's, specialized for that's animation. Very, yeah, that's very true. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty intensive and it's, it was at the time we were there, it was very animation driven. So we were learning animation techniques, not so much yeah, yeah, character yeah. design or color or anything. Yeah, we um, had like uh, maybe one class for character design, so you you can't really expect uh, to to learn this kind of stuff uh, when you're in Goblin. <laughs> yeah, you have to be good at it <laughs> before it. Exactly, uh, exactly, and I think that's why like the school is uh, has like such talent is because they kind of are able to grab people who are already talented. Um, yeah. <laughs> like before getting into school, uh, I think what's really cool too is that you uh, you directed like three shorts in your your course of being in Goblin. One was the night we were king, and um, oh yeah, that was through an internship. How was the process for you getting this internship, pitching the short, and and making it? It was at the it was during your first year, which was pretty early <laughs> oh yeah yeah we barely knew how to animate so it was really <laughs> a struggle and uh yeah I recall that we animated everything on paper actually so we had to scan all the drawings and we had like just barely two months to finish four minutes of animation so it was yeah wow. really crazy I don't know how we made it actually but we did and <laughs> I think it was my best experience uh, making short films because the ones I did uh, during the school mm -hmm. courses, are you doing that? Uh, during school years, uh, I didn't have, have as much fun as uh, when I did this uh, project outside of school because we, we could do just anything we wanted. So, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Do you feel like producers were very involved because you pitched it to uh it was like a production studio right it was uh, at the time called uh where did you pitch it again was it at WIC? Or... um it was um cube, cube creative yeah, yeah yeah they do some awesome stuff uh, yeah they, they do they did like... kailu right yes 
So for anyone who's listening, uh, Kairu was is a French uh, animated TV series uh, about like it's a CGI TV series with a little frog protagonist, and it's very slapsticky. Uh, it's really it's really funny and cute. It's it's kind of similar to Ice Age in some sense, in terms of like mm-hmm. the humor. Um, yeah, that's awesome. How um, how did you go about? finding your first gig after Goblin or like did you did you did you start working during the school or like did you get a job right after school how was that process like well um well you know how it is right uh when you come from Goblin you you have like uh, a lot of opportunities coming directly to you so I didn't struggle that much to get my first job which Mm -hmm. is super lucky I mean thank god because I was so stressed I was like am I good enough (laughs) (laughs) even after all these years I don't know um so actually I think uh McGuff came to the school to see uh all of the films we did that year Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they came to see us uh, one after the other just to say like, oh, what did you do on this project? Oh, you did character design or you did animation. Oh, interesting. Uh, would you like to maybe uh, get an interview at McGuff uh, to try and work with us? Uh, so uh, I was approached to do storyboard. And it was really surprising to me because at that time, I really wanted to specialize in character design. Mm. And Storyboard was like, oh, yeah, sometimes I, I, <laughs> I enjoy doing it, but I don't really know how it's done because we didn't have a lot of classes for it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know anything about Storyboard, really. I just did uh, what felt right, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. <laughs> and... Uh, so I was like, oh, you want me to do storyboard on a feature film? Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> we can try. <laughs> Let me know if it works for you. Uh, we'll see. And so that's how I started working on uh, Sing, uh, directed by Garth Jennings, mm. which is an awesome director. He gave me so much confidence in my work. Uh, he's really, really nice and talented so shout out to him and so I basically learned how to do storyboards on the job because yeah I was quite inexperienced at that time that's true I feel like Goblin did, did not teach at all storyboarding at the time it might be different now but uh I feel like at the time it, it was it was definitely not somebody but also it's because all the storyboard artists are just like overworked so they don't have time to come ah, teach at yeah. the school <laughs> i guess so you're right you must be right uh, <laughs> um how did you learn on the job do you feel like you had a mentor on a on a job do you have did you have someone that you could like show your work to or was it was it mostly uh working with the girth that gave you kind of like the insight on how to like pick your shots kind of like well um actually uh garth jennings he comes from live action so he doesn't know a lot about animation actually so he really had uh that nice insight of someone who doesn't know exactly how we do it he would always come to the story room and be like oh you did this you did that oh it's so amazing oh it's (laughs) that 
so great. And you're like, ah, thank you for making me feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> but uh, um, my uh, supervisor at the time, uh, uh, we all call him Zebe, uh, but actually his name is uh, Christophe Lourdelet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's super talented. And he, he taught me basically everything I needed to know, but also the rest of the team, because at that time we would work all in the same little room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even the storyboarders that were working on other projects, such as uh, Despicable Me, Pets, this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, uh, we would be all with each other all day long. So yeah, it, it was nice to just get advice from everyone because everyone has a different way to storyboard and to approach things so yeah really really interesting yeah that's really great how many how many other board artists were in the room because it is true you do learn a lot from your peers oh yeah for sure uh i think we were like maybe eight or ten people at some point yeah quite a lot of people in that small little room and uh it's funny because everyone was really different uh, you had really young people such as myself and uh also Nolwen Roberts that maybe you know because yeah she... I've met her a couple of times she's amazing nice. yeah yeah she's yeah so cool <laughs> and uh we were like the the newbies basically and uh the other guys would uh, teach us how to storyboard. <laughs> nice. That's so great. How how long had they been at the studio, do you think, the other people that were, like, teaching <gasps> you? Frankly, uh, I think they, they were uh, pretty much uh, part of, <laughs> of the room at that point. Um, <laughs> They're fused there for, with like, the years. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, slightly older people. Uh, and actually, uh, it's good because McGuff is a really good place to, to stay and establish uh, a career path uh, mm. because they always have projects going on uh, compared to other studios in France. But uh, sometimes uh, they will close the studio between two productions. So you never know if you will be able to stay there or not. But McGuff is very stable in that regard. So it, it, it's a good uh, place to be, especially if you have like a family, kids, yeah. and you want to care for them. So, yeah. I feel like McGuff, uh, so the studio for illumination in, in, in Paris, is the closest to what a feature uh, studio would be like uh, out here in LA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, for TV, yeah, TV is kind of, infamous for uh just hiring you on a project and then when the project is over it's like thanks <laughs> see <Bye>. you around <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. what um how long did you work at mcguff and um when did you decide to leave for your next project i stayed for quite a long time actually uh three years oh yeah I did, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, production of uh, Sing, actually. And uh, I think I even worked a bit on Sing, too, before. No, no, because I came back. <laughs> At some point, I came back uh, because uh, we needed people. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can come for a few months. Um, well, basically, it was really uh, comfortable uh, working at MacGuff with all these people that have been 
that I knew for three years. So it was basically my my new family after school, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really enjoyed working with them. But I felt that oh shit. I think this is getting too comfortable, right? I could spend my whole life working here, actually, and it would work. And it's a good job, too. Um, So I felt like, oh, maybe I should try and find, like, other experience uh, to just see what I'm worth and uh, to to work on different projects. So I... I eventually left. <laughs> yeah, like I to challenge yourself. Disapp- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that. I think that's really brave because I feel like a lot of, I mean, I think it's in human nature to like seek security and, and oh, you know, sure. so yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, but if I want to grow, I need to put everything in Joe party, I guess. Yes, but I was so insecure, even, uh, I mean, everything was going my way since I left school, but uh, I think it's just in my personality, right? I mm. constantly doubt myself. I have a very big imposter syndrome to deal with. So I was like, oh yeah, maybe I was just lucky all this time and maybe I won't find a job and maybe it was a mistake, but no, no, things yeah. went well. <laughs> so it's okay. I feel like if you don't have imposter syndrome, you're not really a storyboard artist. No, I'm, I'm just joking. You don't have to have imposter syndrome. Uh, uh, I mean, Actually, I'm half joking. I don't care. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes. Yeah, I feel like there's like a there's like a, a very specific psycho like a psychological profile that is attracted to these kind of jobs because <laughs> oh, it's sure. really it's really hard. It's a, it's really hard work. Uh, it is. It is, and it's a bit lonely i think to compared to other jobs uh because when i see people working during production right not pre-production like we do uh i feel that they they work more together they brainstorm together and blah 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 but i mean at least in france we don't do that as much and i think it's a shame because a lot of times i i won't even see what my colleagues are working on even if we're working on the same project, sometimes just everyone uh, works in their own little corner. And uh, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've always wondered if it wasn't a thing that was uh, linked to um, us, like it, like this, the schedules in France that are usually tighter than in the US, or if it was... Uh, or if it's just kind of like the way the production is structured, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I've noticed, like I've worked on shows where I would have board partners where like, it would be easier to just kind of talk through scenes and figure out some moments. Cause you're not by yourself working on the episode. And we yeah. also have usually a director that is assigned to the episode. So you can brainstorm with your director. Uh, but it's very rare in, in, friends to have that dynamic because uh usually it's just a single board artist per episode and and mm. we don't really have a director we yep. have like a, a basically the way they're called is storyboard supervisor but what they really do is more uh, similar to what a um supervising director would do in america so oh, yeah. they're, they're like busy doing a, a ton of stuff so it's kind of hard to like brainstorm mm. with them usually um yeah, that, that's that's a very interesting thing you're saying about like, yeah, like brainstorming and like having a, like coming up with ideas together will always like, I think, 
uh, end up with a better product at the end. Yeah. Did you after? So what was the show you jumped on after McGuff? Well, uh, actually, right after McGuff, that's when I worked on Gumball. Yes. Awesome. What season was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> dude. Every time, you know, uh, the amazing world of Gumball would like reach out to me, maybe like, like every new season at first yeah. it was for in-betweening and I was like, mm, I think <gasps> I'm better than in-betweening, but then they were like, then yeah. I started reaching out for his storyboarding, but I was always wrapped up in another project. So I, could, oh. I, I never managed to, but it's such a freaking great show. It, <gasps> it is it so clever so well it did so well for the network as well um oh, yeah yeah how is it for you working on on the show what season did you work on i think i worked uh uh between season five and six i did maybe like uh six or seven episodes i think not too many but uh, i feel like it uh, i spent a long time working there but yeah uh, because each episode uh, would take like uh, five weeks to make. Uh, I mean, storyboard wise, of course. Um, so we would spend quite a lot of time on uh, a single episode to make sure like everything is super well done and the gags are there and they are as good as they can be. Uh, mm. Like we would have um, three different pitches per episode. Yeah, like, can you describe a little bit what was the team makeup? Uh, so you said you have five weeks to do an episode. Were you by yourself? Uh, yes, you do the whole episode by yourself. And uh, actually, it was a bit different from for me because uh, I was working remotely when mm -hmm. the rest of the team was working directly in London. Um, but Vivrit uh, asked me to come to uh, do the pitching sessions in wow. person. <laughs> So they would um, buy me a train ticket, a Eurostar ticket uh, to go from Paris to London for just a day at the time. Uh, so I would leave like at 6 a.m. in the morning and come back at uh, 9 p.m. at night. What an anxiety. <laughs> yes. I know. Like, like what an anxiety buildup to be on a fucking like train ride for like, like two hours and then like driving, like getting all the way to the studio just to pitch yes. in front of the whole team. Yeah. The first time I had to do it, I was so nervous, like big tummy ache and everything. And, uh, it, especially because I had to pitch everything in English. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. But uh, it was such a good experience too. I mean, one of the best shows I worked on and uh, I had the chance to uh, do most of my uh, pitching sessions with Ben, uh, Ben Boclev, uh, the creator of the show. Mm -hmm. And he's so full of ideas and you can see how much uh, effort he puts into each episode, like everything needs to be perfect. And when we got a funny idea, uh, we try to push it uh, to the max to make sure that it's not just funny, it's also clever and mm. uh, you're going to work on it again and again until it's perfectly right. And uh, yeah, it, it was so much fun. Would you say, would you, so you said you pitched three times. So after yeah. how long did you do the first pitch? And what was the first pitch like? Was it, were you turning in boards that were uh, rough? Was it like potato heads, like talking to each other? What was kind of like the expectations for that? 
Well, uh, normally that would be the case. Like we we were asked to just show uh, rough drawings, basically potato head ish with just a good eye direction and blah blah blah. But uh, being the stupid <laughs> bitch that I am, <laughs> uh, actually I hate to redraw everything uh, oh. once I have my rough drawings. So. I, I'm a bit of a maniac, uh, so mm. I drew everything uh, not rough but clean directly for oh the first Oh my page. god, are you in six you're days? Crazy. <laughs> you're crazy, six days? Wait, so you drew an 11 minute clean in six working days? Well, actually, most of the time I couldn't quite finish till the end, and uh, I would uh, not put all the animation poses. Okay. I would just like put the main poses and uh, during the pitch, I would say like, oh yeah, and he walks up to there and he grabs the, the bottle and blah, blah, blah. So, oh, so kind of like a beadboard almost. Like Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I didn't have like uh, the very end of the episode, uh, but it was fine because uh, during that first pitch, we would be more interested in the first part of the episode because... Uh, it took so much time to um, correct everything, think about how we can make things better and blah, blah, blah. But uh, also <laughs> they were drawing all the notes on post-its and then they had to scan all the post-its and send them as a PDF to me. So <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> That's so funny. That was before smartphones or like they couldn't take pictures? No, the <laughs> no, no, not even. Uh, we had all we needed. We could have done it digitally, but actually we were uh, just sitting uh, around the table, very old school, like uh, drawing on post-its and scanning like 200 pages of storyboard. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit time consuming. Wow, uh, so interesting. But so we made funny. it work. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the most efficient way to do it, but uh, that way Ben would draw like exactly the kind of silly poses and everything that he meant to, to draw. So you could see exactly what you needed to do to, to get it right. So mm, you, you lose time with uh, the scan and everything, but you, you win some time in accuracy, I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We actually had a, um, when I was working on Thundercats for uh, the showrunner would would actually, after we pitched our boards, he he would have a, a Cintiq monitor hooked up to the computer that we used to pitch. And he would actually draw over our boards uh, right oh. after the pitch. Yeah, I was like, dang, this is great. And right after the pitch, then you get your file. That's got all the notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's very cool. So the first pitch was, so the first pitch on Gumball was more like broad ideas, uh, kind of looking a first look at all the, all of the gags and, and yeah. kind of like, like amping up the funny, making sure everything is like funnier. Um, who was in the room? Was it you, the showrunner, supervising director? Um, it depends. Uh, it was always a different person. Like, uh, if you saw, for example, Ben on the first pitch, then mm. on the second one, you would most likely see another of the directors. Uh, there were three directors total. Um, 
and uh, there was a Mick Ben and uh, I don't remember the name of the last director. Sorry, uh, because I, I I hadn't I didn't have a lot of pitches with him, and I I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, uh, and we would be like maybe three people in the room. Sometimes someone from uh, from edit would come and and see where we were at, uh, but basically it was you and one of the directors just uh, working on ideas and uh, seeing what needed to to be adjusted. Nice. What are what were the um, expectations for the next two pitches? Uh, so you had six days to turn in your first pitch. Uh, yeah. Was it another six days before the the second pitch? Um, I think you had uh, kind of the same time, maybe a bit more, to apply all the notes that were mm -hmm. given mm -hmm. on the first pitch. And as I said, uh, most of the time we wouldn't have enough uh, time during pitch day to cover the whole episode at once. Right. So uh, it would be like, oh, you have to uh, make adjustment on the first part of the episode. And uh, if you didn't manage to finish your rough for the second part, you can finish it too. Mm -hmm. And uh, back to pitching. And this time they, they would work like on the second part, the end, and maybe uh, something more global at the same time. And the last pitch is uh, to really check if everything is uh, how it should be. Is it clean enough? Uh, can we read all the poses? Are mm. we kind of on model? Because it's a 2D show, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, the last pitch, most of the time I would do it uh, from home, actually. Uh, oh, just okay. showing okay, okay. my boards once they were finished to make sure that everything was there. Mm, so oh yeah i was just uh take the train twice in oh yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> that's enough that's enough <laughs> yeah exactly oh <laughs> uh, well was the third pitch at the very end at the very like right before you turned it in for revisions did you guys have revisions on gumball oh yeah yeah we did for sure oh, nice nice yeah sometimes they, they would uh put the episode in edits and uh come back with uh notes And so the assistant storyboarders would uh, take care of the notes. Or mm. sometimes uh, the supervisor would. Depends. Mm. Wow, that's that's really cool. Would you say that like uh, uh, between the script that you got at the beginning and the, ep and the way the episode was at the end, would you say like a lot of changes were made? <gasps> Almost none. And it's uncanny because when you compare your boards to the final results, you're like, oh, shit. It means I did everything. Oh, yeah. wow. We kept everything. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's very different from feature, right? Where feature, you, you just you draw, you draw a ton, but like not much of it ends up on the screen, right? Oh, yeah. Especially if you don't do like the whole production. If you leave early, mm, <laughs> you're yeah. not yeah, yeah. to see your boards anywhere, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit frustrating sometimes. Oh my God. Do you feel like, um, what, what would you say are the pros and cons between working on feature versus TV? Um, I must say I prefer to work on features because uh, it allows you to, to make um, 
staging. So it, it allows, yeah, it allows you to do staging. Uh, to think about your staging a little bit more. Yeah, because uh, you have less uh, technical limitations. I would say, like you can really uh, not limit yourself uh, on the amount of shots on the mm. kind of uh, point of view you choose, because when you work in TV, you have to think efficiency. Like right. uh, the episodes are not supposed to be uh, too expensive to make. So you can't like put uh, 300 shots per episode or uh, you can't uh, have certain uh, point of views like uh, really dramatic. Uh, yeah, um, up or down angles. angles. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So yeah, yeah. sometimes you're a bit like, oh, this is a bit flat. And uh, it, it's okay for some shows because when you see Gumball, uh, I wouldn't have staged it any other way. I mean, it's so well done and efficient and it serves the purpose and it serves the style of a show. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I kind of like to have something that looks uh, a bit more like um, live action, you know? Try to think about uh, the subtleties and the symbols that you can put in your boards instead of just thinking like, oh, pretty angle here and there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, very true. So you can, yeah, just uh, amp everything and think about uh, the personality of the characters and uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's really great. I, yeah, I, I like that. Um that that take on it because it's just like uh it's it's very different working in, in in tv and features even though you're doing the same job it's like kind of like a different speed and it, it is definitely a different ask from each of them uh but it does sound like there was a bunch of redoing in gumball that i mean isn't maybe like as big as feature but that is kind of like uh still kind of in the sense some sense of like getting a lot of notes i guess Oh uh, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised uh, to have like three pitches for each episode. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, but this is a TV series, right? Mm -hmm. But they would allow uh, more time per episode uh, than other TV shows I've been working on. And it shows, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the quality of the show uh, is really, really good. And uh, it's really funny. And I think that uh, if we manage to have a bit more time on the, all the other series, we, we would have something really great. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 I agree. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. But Give us more time, time. Yeah. please. <laughs> we want to do good, but we can't. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's so true. It's that thing where it's just like the budget, man, the budget's so tough. Yeah. Um, after Gumball, what, um, what was the next production that you, jump, you jumped on? After Gumball, I think I took a little well-deserved break and uh, a few other projects that uh, American audiences might not be familiar with. Uh, a, a really great show that looks a lot like Gumball, actually, uh, whose name is um, Coach Me If You Can. Have you oh, seen it? Oh, yeah. I, 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 so I haven't seen Coach Me If You Can, but I'm familiar with that team's work because they worked on... Uh, I did some uh, revisions for Hubert and Takako, which was basically the previ like the, their previous iteration of a TV show. They're, oh. they're so good. Uh, it's, it's, it's really funny. Uh, it oh. is. It's so sweet. 
And a lot of the designers from Gumball went on Coach Me If You Can. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You can tell. <laughs> the style <laughs> yeah. is really similar. Uh, yeah. But really, if you can, watch it. I think maybe it's possible to find it online. Not sure. I think so. I think, I mean, I remember for, for Hubert and Takako, it was all like kind of like, I guess leaked on YouTube or something. Oh well. <laughs> Coach me if you can. I'll just I'll just plop a picture on the on yeah, the because... Jamboard. If you guys are listening on the Spotify or on iTunes, uh, check out the YouTube video so you can uh, have an idea what Coach Me If You Can looks like. Yeah, because uh, it's a really great show and really absurd and funny too. And I, I don't think it worked that well i couldn't see it on french television anywhere so yeah it's too bad i think it kind of fell into a hole and it would be cool if more people saw it because really it was so funny where was it interesting where was it aired let me just let me look at that real fast i'm gonna pull up the wikipedia du -du 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 this is so sad. I guess it is on, on, it is on the episodes can be, oh, it has 5 million views on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. So if you guys can basically search, coach me if you can, you can see season one, episode 41. Uh, that one has 5 million views. <laughs> wow <gasps> hidden gems hidden gems y'all yeah there's another one season one episode eight 1.8 million views oh wow they, they do a lot of views i hope they put some ads on these uh, yeah i hope so wow so yeah it it did it it got its own little corner on the internet yeah that one's got three million views uh yeah they do well yeah they've done wow, well on youtube so cool <laughs> I'm really happy they do. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy too because I do feel like Zilam makes some really amazing TV shows. Um, I think the humor is really on point, and and I do believe they make the, uh, they make some of the best shows I think in uh, oh, yeah. in France, and especially because I know how hard the people are working on these shows. You know, like I mean, you can you can testify to it. How hard was oh, it to oh. work on this show? <laughs> Well, uh, actually, it was it was kind of okay uh, compared to other projects I've been on because the, we had enough time to do all the episodes. We were not like in a constant rush, uh, as you can be sometimes when you work uh, yeah. as a story artist. So really, it was it was really nice. Completely different from <laughs> from other projects I've been on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say names, but. <laughs> I think so, I know. I think <laughs> <laughs> you know we discussed this before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see that like this was fun. Uh, uh, I remember with at least we talked about how they, the French animation industry, started kind of moving away from the uh, contract-based service to a, a daily uh wage oh uh, yeah you talked about le forfait yeah 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 <laughs> which is basically very similar to working freelance where you're, you're just paid for delivering a product uh how how were you uh paid on this on coach me if you can 
actually on coach me um i'm not 100 sure but i think we were paid uh for each day that's uh, great that's amazing so yeah so if you if you needed a, a tiny little bit more time then you would get paid for that extra day yeah, that that you exactly were, yeah that you were working how is it in the states by the way is it the same no yeah it's you're you're paid uh in the states you're paid uh on, on a yeah by the hour i guess or like uh daily uh, your contract should say how much you're getting paid per week and and you're getting paid every day that you're employed uh it's only if you like get let go that they stop paying you but you're 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 paid every oh, okay. day yeah yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. good that's good. yeah which is great yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it, it makes more sense right <laughs> i know right like, isn't that crazy like yeah you're paid every day you work <laughs> yeah. isn't that great <laughs> It, it, it's really yeah it's hard to believe that this is happening in france uh and it's mostly that way because uh people are not really uh well educated on what they are allowed to have yes. they, they don't know their basic rights and yeah. uh we it's the kind of stuff that you don't see or hear about when you are in school so it's really hard to get the correct informations like on what are you supposed to be paid uh um yeah, and I this agree. kind of stuff you know so i guess you discussed it with uh ali so i'm not gonna take that road again because it's all very complicated to explain but um actually i'm part of a, a union here in france yeah. and we are trying to uh to tell people uh what they, they can expect uh salary wise and uh what are the basic rights uh so i hope things are going to change for the best i think that's so great i feel like being active in the union is just so important because you do like the thing is that you don't want your union to get phased out of the industry it's very very important that as as a professional you get involved with the union whether you're in in france or you're in the us uh and yes. or if you're in canada i know that there's been some efforts to unionize unionize as well because the thing is that, like without a union um it's basically impossible to to you know uh fight against like broad practices like you can oh, yeah. do something as on your own you can negotiate your own salary but if you want to kind of protect your peers uh for them to to not be underpaid it's just like mm. really great to to do that um yeah I, that, that's exactly what's happening in france like everyone fends for themselves and uh when you are just out of school well you're gonna be way underpaid because if nobody knows how much they should be paid uh and if no one protects them uh well the studios can just uh say whatever they want and they will be like oh okay well thank you it makes sense uh and that's it by the way if you're like listening to this episode and you're trying to get into animation and you're or you're interested in it and you want to know what the wages look like uh check out salty animators they have a big spreadsheet there on instagram and i think twitter Uh, let me just check salty animators they have like a oh, yeah. big wage um so it's at salty animators they're on instagram and basically if you click their link tree uh it will take you to the salty salary collection i love this 
spreadsheet because uh, it will cover all the wages across the globe. So not just in France, not just in the US, not just in Canada, but also in New Zealand, also in um, Southeast Asia. It's, it's, I think it's very informative and I really want everybody to take a good look at this. So oh, yeah, for sure. Just a little shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to see that you're, you're taking part in the union in, in France. Because yeah, I was just talking yeah. about how it's, it needs a lot of help for it to, to become stronger. Because yes. because the, the lawyers for the producers have lawyers and the lawyers are very good at their job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which for makes, sure. <laughs> I wish we had lawyers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, you need you need a lot of people to help out um, for negotiations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, can you talk about uh, how much you were making on on Coach V if you can, and what was like the amount of pages that you had uh, that you had to do, and what amount of time, and kind of all that well, nitty gritty of it. Um, I I think uh, as a, as we said, like uh, Coach Me uh, took a lot of inspiration from Gumball. And uh, there were even some uh, story artists that worked on Gumball and uh, came to work on uh, Coach Me. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Vendry Monori, uh, my supervisor at the time, uh, who worked on both. And uh, the prices were quite um, good. I think it was the regular amount we were supposed to be paid. Uh, so it was $200, uh, 200 euros, sorry. <laughs> Day. Uh, per day so on uh, a whole month uh, I have to calculate because I can't remember oh yeah so like times times 30. Uh, it would make like uh, 4,400 euros per month uh, yeah. uh, without counting all the charges and everything so you would make like maybe uh, 3,000 euros and blah 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 mm -hmm. yeah 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 because yeah, because uh, in in France the uh, salary you're you're paid at the end of the month. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Aren't like, you? Uh, in the US, it's like you're paid on weekly, uh, sometimes oh. uh, bi monthly, but the the most um, the most common way in animation to be paid is weekly. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I remember like the when I started at uh, Nickelodeon and uh, it was Friday. Uh, one of my coworkers was like, "Let's go to the comic book store because it's it's." Uh, payday. payday. I, I was like, I was like, <laughs> <Yay>. payday. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it's so funny. It was so funny. Uh, really cool. I and and when did you decide to? How did you decide to go back to MacGuff to work on on Sing too? And also, when when did you work on Arcane? How did that whole timeline work out? Uh, yeah. Um, I. I need to check my LinkedIn. <laughs> how everyone went, uh, how everything went. Sorry, um, but basically, I just came back on Sync Two because they needed someone, and uh, I felt like, oh yeah, they need some help. Uh, they're my people. I, I should come and work for a bit with them. But mm -hmm. at the back of my mind, I, I knew that I wouldn't come back like to stay, stay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe I spent like six or eight months on Sing 2 and it was really fun to to work with the whole team again. I was really thankful to to have them with me. And uh, afterwards, I think I did a couple of projects, including some character design. 
And uh, a friend of mine uh, worked on uh, Arcane, actually. And mm. I felt, mm, this looks interesting. Can you tell me maybe if we are uh, looking at an interesting project? Uh, do you know if we are recruiting, maybe? And she said, yeah, actually, they're looking for storyboarders. So maybe you should uh, pass a test. Mm. So I did. Uh, and it was a bit scary because... Um, it was uh, an animation style that I had never tried before. Uh, when you look at uh, what I did on Sing or Gumball, it's a completely different thing from uh, what Arcane is. So I was like, oh, I'm right, completely sure those, I can do it. Those projects are all very like cartoony and Arcane is very realistic and like, yeah. and, like moody. So yeah, exactly. it's, yeah, it's a very different, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. I think uh, the, the test was really helpful in that way because uh, I could prove that uh, I could do it all. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when they saw uh, just the storyboards, uh, I, I showed them. They were like, "Oh, so you do cartoons, right? And funny gags." And I was like, "Yes, but I think I can do more than that. So let me yeah. try." And so it worked out. And I've been working on season one uh, episodes, um, mostly on episode six and a bit on eight. No, mostly on eight, a bit on six. Yes, that's mm. it. And I would uh, help a bit like cleaning storyboards uh, on episode four and five before that. When you so, say yeah. cleaning, would you say it's kind of like revisions or is it just like really just uh, going over the drawings and cleaning it up? Well, a combination of both, I would say, mm. because uh, on uh, Arcane, uh, it was really interesting and uh, important to them to get the feel and the atmosphere right. So mm. it, uh, it was asked that we put a bit more effort into the drawing, the poses, mm. uh, the, the lighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so you were toning the boards, kind of like... Yes. Uh... Yeah, would you say it was more similar to you to TV or to feature working on Arcane? Uh, well, actually, uh, I know that it's a TV show technically, but for us, it was like working on a feature film. I mean, you can't really compare the process uh, to, to TV because mm. uh, we would work on several episodes at the same time and uh, uh, checking how the continuity was from one episode to the other and uh, brainstorming with the team. Mm. Uh, sometimes uh, the script would change a bit, so we had to adjust some things. And we would spend quite a lot of time on uh, one episode because they are so big, right? Uh, right almost yeah. 40 minutes long. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe a month or two on each episode. I, I can't remember too well, but uh, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time uh just refining everything wow yeah 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 because those are those are 40 minutes right yeah yeah that's huge I'm, I'm also working on a on a show with uh very long episodes and it's 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 so mind-boggling you're like what is this ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when are we ever done with an episode <laughs> it's a new thing it's not tv it's not film <laughs> it's yeah they, they, uh, they're calling these projects prestige shows basically so it means oh. yeah that they're they're kind of like in between feature and um in between feature and tv um yeah that's very that's, that's very interesting so how long were you working on arcane total 
uh, a year almost. Yeah, maybe 10 months or something. Uh, it, it was really a very interesting project and I loved working with the team. Everyone was so talented. <laughs> it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But also, I think I can safely say that uh, this was the hardest project I've been working on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's just like, it's just so like high quality, right? It's, yeah, yeah, the yeah, stakes yeah. are so high. You, you can't just uh, put regular shots. Uh, you have to, to think it through and uh, to know exactly what you're trying to convey. So a lot of adjustments, for sure. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That's really cool. Um, I, I was also going to ask you about, you. you've been doing a little bit of character design uh, how was it for you jumping between storyboard and character design and vice versa? Like, did you, did you find it difficult at all? Well, actually, character design was kind of my first love <laughs> when I was in school. And I thought I would be doing this. But um, I don't know how it's like in the U.S., but I feel that in France, a lot of people are fighting for the same jobs. Uh, that are character design and visual developments so I think it's a bit hard to find a a job in this field so I was like okay I'm gonna start with storyboard and when I have a chance I will make a comeback (laughs) as a character design But um, yeah, I think it's a bit difficult to juggle between the two because when you start working uh, for one kind of job, uh, the producers are always going to label you as a story artist and not uh, two things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had to pass a test to work on a project that I wanted to, to work on. But uh, actually, when they saw that my style was fitting the project and that I did everything uh, in the correct amount of time, I guess, uh, they were like, oh, sure, you can do it. That's fine. Oh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> did, yeah, that's, <laughs> I love that. That's great. Did you have to, did you have to kind of like put yourself out there in terms of like, hey, I really want to do this thing. Like, I really want to do character design. So uh, yeah, would, yeah. Mm. yeah, for sure. Because uh, sometimes people uh, see my profile on Instagram and they're like, oh, your style is really cool. Maybe we could work together. But um, I've never been asked to do specifically character design. Most of the time it's like, oh, so you're an illustrator, right? So c- can you do illustration for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for character design, I really had to fight for the spots. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just passed uh, tests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm pretty good at uh, everything that's technical uh, in the character design aspects, like uh, making turns and uh, expression sheets and blah, blah, blah. So um, I, I, I think I had a, a good uh, level in, in technical drawing, and that helped mm-hmm. too because they're looking for someone who's really uh, efficient. Yeah. Uh, It's about bringing uh, good ideas for sure, but it's also about uh, being able to do everything uh, in the right amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's very true. I worked on on the series Brazen, 
I don't think it's too huge in the US, but it is in France uh, because it's an adaptation of a famous comic book by uh, Penelope Bajer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really great because it's basically uh, a series Penelope uh, started uh, highlighting um, inspirational women throughout history uh, yeah. and just kind of like putting a focus on like, um, it's what's the how, what's the expression now? It's not powerful women. It's uh, empowered uh, empowered women. Yep. Yes, <laughs> both yeah. women. So I let me. I'm I'm gonna grab a. Uh, I'm gonna grab a um, a little picture and put it in the jamboard for anyone who's listening on iTunes or uh, Spotify. Check out the YouTube video so you can see what it looks like. Uh, it's 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 really cool. I remember reading the comic when she was publishing it online. And it's just, yeah, it's just so cool. Because each story at the time was like a couple pages of comics. And yeah. uh, and how was the TV show like? Was it, uh, was it each episode that features a, a different woman? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they didn't uh, feature new stories. So it's all the same stories as in the comic. And they turned it into a, a five or ten minute episode maybe five i think it was quite quick and uh they would show it on uh, french television at an hour where everyone was in front of a tv so it was quite huge uh and i think i it, it was a good fit for me because uh the style of a comic was really uh close to what i draw myself so i, yeah. I, I it wasn't too much of a stretch uh, to work on it as a character designer Totally. Yeah, I totally see that. <laughs> oh, Brazen is the Brazen is the English type title. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Cool. Yeah, check it out, everyone. It's 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 really cool. Um, I don't know if it's gonna get picked up on some streaming service or what, but it yeah, should. I'm wondering <laughs> because it's such a, a short format, so maybe not Netflix, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you've followed the news on netflix it's they're 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 having a hard time right now so (laughs) what's happening i I don't think i looked it up so i'm not sure what's happening um like a crash course for everyone listening but basically uh netflix recently had to announce their quarterly to their shareholders and it turns out for the first time they couldn't show a growth in uh, the user base apparently it even declined a little bit from the previous quarter, which uh, yeah turned off a lot of the shareholders and yeah uh, the so the stocks tanked and <gasps> so um, so there's there, that is happening and also I think um, they're just trying to figure out basically they're like a, a new business model kind of thing it's like it's it's like a a very like high level business thing uh mm. that is kind of happening kind of because you know netflix is more of a tech company so um it's a very similar move to what would happen in companies like i don't know the apple or uh what's yeah. another big one or like alphabet or something like if someone's not working they're just gonna like cut cut some stuff um Oh. <laughs> well you know it's but it's not it's not the first time that something like this happens is like uh drumworks had a similar thing happening like uh like something like a decade ago you know when like you know when all the feature studios were trying to to churn out three movies a year 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. that time? So like, yeah, <laughs> they tried that and they were like, "Actually, eh, it's just not working for us." So then they like they like had to lay off a ton of people and uh, yeah. So it's you know, Aww. it's yeah. ebb and flow of uh, animation is always gonna be thrown under the bus when something <laughs> goes wrong. So that's mm, <laughs> not great. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like media in general, because apparently I was looking it up and it's also, uh, it, it's also like live action projects and stuff got, got asked. Oh, so, okay. You know, yeah. It's just, you know, they're, 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 they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and would you say like, once you worked as a character designer, was it easy to go back to boards? Because uh, how long did, were you character designing on this show? I think it lasted like uh, three or four months. Okay, so um, short. Yeah, and after that, I I did a bit of character design on other projects that are still unannounced. So I'm not sure if, if they will <laughs> see the light of day or not. <laughs> uh, but I really like working uh, both as a character designer and a story artist because. Um, when you just work on storyboard, at some point you, your brain is starting to melt. <laughs> See what I mean? Uh, so it's good to be able to uh, do something else for a while and uh, uh, rest your brain a bit, if I can say so. Um, because to me, I feel that character design is uh, it's challenging for sure, but way less than uh, storyboards. So uh when i'm a bit like overwhelmed by storyboard work i just take a break or do some character design in between mm. projects yeah yeah that's that's really great because uh it i i do agree i feel like doing like storyboarding for a long time especially with the schedules in france it's just like it's really really hard and it's it's easy to get burnt out uh oh yeah do you do you when you say you do some uh, character design or something else? Uh, did you mean like an, like um, illustration or like freelance work? Uh, I do a bit of that as well, um, but it's uh, it's not really my main uh, income. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know that people are always surprised because online I've got a bit of a following. And mm-hmm. people think that I'm a full-time illustrator, but that's not the case, actually. <laughs> Nobody online has ever seen my professional work because oh, I wow. never post my boards. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a story artist, I swear. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot. Of time. I started doing it with Thundercats. I was just like, I'm going to like grab these boards and do the comparison with the final product and da 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 And I was just like, this is just taking <gasps> oh. like... Yeah, like I'm too yeah. lazy for this. I don't. <laughs> Me too, frankly. And it's uh, it, it's a bit uh, tricky as well because uh, you can't really show boards for any project that uh, are not uh, released yet. Mm-hmm. So you yep. have to wait sometimes up to three or four years before you can show your board. And when the time comes, you're like, oh, my board are so bad anyway. I'm not uh... gonna show them. <laughs> so yeah, nobody can see it. I have like a, a special secret folder that I send when I want to to work on a project. But, oh yeah, like yeah. the NDA, the NDA little folder that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. With, With a pa- password, password and yeah. everything. Yes, VPN. No. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's great. Um, I was gonna ask you. 
about creative block what does it feel like for you uh and how'd you get over it if you do get over it <laughs> well <laughs> um i would say uh despite my kind of long-ish experience uh i still haven't found the best way to deal with it uh so if you've got any tips for me people just feel free to reach out because frankly i don't deal with it i just uh wait until it passes <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah you're in the waiting game eventually yes. eventually it'll go away well you I mean, can check out all of our other episodes uh everyone gives their <laughs> we ask this question to all of our uh, guests that's nice <laughs> cool I will do that because uh, I, I, I could lie, you know, I could give some heartfelt advice, but I don't follow myself, but I need to be real with you guys. I'm really bad with the block, so no judgment. <laughs> yep, that, I mean, you know, that's a, that one's a tough one, and that's the reason why we, we ask it to a lot of people. Uh, I think we could ask some questions from Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah. I think uh, this one's really great from at Adam Bills, uh, who's a, a, a good follower of, a good follower of ours. He's been like commenting a lot. Thanks, Adam, for being there, for supporting us. Um, with Gumball using so many different styles of animation, did that influence the storyboarding at all? Um, hmm. That's a good question. Uh, it's true that uh, Gumball is a combination of 2D, 3D, and also stop-motion characters in a 3D environment. But actually, I feel that they, they took more the path of the 2D uh, to bring everything together, you know? Mm -hmm. So even if you have some 3D characters in there, uh, they try to stage and frame everything as if it were 2D. You don't get a lot of um, really action-heavy sequences where you're going to have a camera that flies everywhere because, hey, it's 3D and you could do it, right? Uh, but actually, they don't. So I would say, uh, no, it, it, it's not really specific. I, I, I think uh, it's kind of the same staging as any good old 2D show, in my opinion. Sometimes they would play on the fact that uh, there's this character, Tina, the, the T-Rex, mm. uh, and it's a huge character. And I, I do believe I saw some episodes where they really play Trill, really like, oh, action movie. You're mm. going to follow her through the streets of a city with a embark camera or something. But mm -hmm. apart from that, no, no, it's pretty standard, actually. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's more like uh, story driven rather than uh, technique driven. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. From at Sonoft two two, choppy. Why? Why? <laughs> Amazing username. Uh, I have no idea where to uh, begin with storyboarding on my own. What would you recommend for getting started? Thanks so much. Hmm. To do storyboard on your own must be a bit tricky at first, I reckon. But um, I think there are a lot of resources that you can find on internet. So that's really a game changer. Like maybe you're familiar with uh, 
blogspot called Fubinubi. Oh yeah, that one's so great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a gold mine. Uh, it can seem a bit overwhelming at first because there are so many things. It's like a giant thread on on a just random blog page, mm -hmm. and uh, with a lot of resources for uh, story artists uh, for all kind of things, TV, uh, live action, uh, perspective, how to stylize your characters when you storyboard, everything editing also uh so you can check that and i would recommend maybe getting a book to get the mm -hmm. basics covered uh just to know like the basic rules of storyboarding like the 180 degrees rule this kind of stuff yeah totally um if you guys want to also look at another resource page one that i really like is mary lum's uh resource uh, the spreadsheet basically if you want to find it uh you can go on her twitter page uh her username is at puka noodles she was a guest on creative block oh, one of our first right. guests and uh a link uh she has a link tree in her bio if you click it uh you'll find her free animation art mastery list and it's got a ton of stuff let me check if fluby newbie is in there because yeah fluby newbie is definitely like number one Oh, um, and I, I would recommend, of course, the, the Holy Bible, <laughs> uh, Framed Ink by Matthias, um, what's his name again? Framed Ink. Ah, gosh, can't remember. Uh, Marcos Mateu Mestre. Ooh, nice. He's the best. Uh, <laughs> and it's about how to put some meaning into an image and composition and uh, storytelling, basically. So it works for comic books. It works for storyboard. It works for illustration. It works for basically everything. It's like all the, the, the good uh, rules and uh, things you have to think about when you make a frame. Yeah, that looks awesome i had actually never heard of that one so i'm oh, really i'm excited i'm gonna grab it right now it's uh, so cool yeah drawing and composition for visual storytellers that looks really awesome yeah and yes whenever i too. feel uh whenever i feel uh blocked uh with storyboarding because sometimes you need to reset to the basics you know mm -hmm. sometimes you're like oh no i can't do this anymore everything i draw is shit i don't know uh what kind of shot i should put after this one blah 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 uh just read a page or two uh of framed ink and you'll be like oh yes right i remember okay fine <laughs> awesome it's like the cheat sheet <laughs> when yeah. you're like anxious that's really awesome from uh at carts qt what do you value most in your own work that's a good, really good question <laughs> Ooh, that's a very deep question yes <laughs> <laughs> well um it's a tough exercise for me because i tend not to like my own art. Uh, I know that we are a lot of people in this situation and uh, sometimes uh, it's hard to draw for yourself when you're not convinced by what you do. Uh, being a perfectionist is really the worst. Mm -hmm. Try not to be. Nothing is perfect in this world. Mm -hmm. um, so what I like about my own drawings would be the fact that they are expressive I guess 
most of all, like uh, when a drawing conveys the right expression, the right mood, uh, when you, you look at the character's face and you're like, oh, I know that feeling. I feel that uh, I can do that. And maybe that's my uh, best strength. Mm. Yeah. I'm really into acting and uh, everything character-driven. I'm really bad with backgrounds, for example, like really bad. Oh, so, really? Interesting. Yeah. And with perspective as well. Uh, like you can be bad at some things and still find work, you know, uh, just play on your strength because <laughs> that's what I do. I can't, I can't really draw hands. Like this is the, the best I can do. This oh yeah hand. yeah yeah like, like more <laughs> symbolic almost yeah it's uh, yes but it and uh, <laughs> this is a tree right uh overweight <laughs> i can draw good looking characters so that's fine <laughs> so yeah i would say expressiveness and uh i'm quite happy with the mood of my uh illustrations i think yeah. that's it oh you're drawing your hand oh a I'm hand? watching. No, I just like I just saw. I mean, my my hands are like I noticed that I do I draw really crazy hands with like Ooh. you know with like yeah, good like I don't know they're like I don't know like very spider long fingers. And, yeah, for sure. And like like the I I call them like monkey hands. I I draw monkey hands for my characters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's gonna that's so funny um from at tiger underscore t it's kind of similar to a previous question but maybe we can focus on the part that is uh more on the later of their question which is do you have any advice for folks who might want to enter the world of animation later in their career hmm i would say uh don't be afraid, I guess, to just go and, and try it. I think the best way to get into the industry would be to uh, befriend some people who are already in it so that they can uh, explain a bit to you how things work from the inside. I think it's really important because uh, before I was working, when I was still in school, I thought I had a good vision of what uh, people were expecting from me and mm. uh, boy was I wrong <laughs> because you you feel that you need to be absolutely perfect and uh, to, to, to know how to do things right away and actually it's fine they, they just need people to do an okay job and to do it uh, and communicate it well you know, mm. they, they need someone they can easily talk to mm -hmm. and that can understand what they need. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you're not like the hero, the best of the best, uh, <laughs> instantly talented. You can be just average. And if you are good at listening and uh, you can turn in your work uh, at the given time, mm -hmm. then it's fine. And you don't need to just... Uh, cry tears of blood and, and do the best work you've ever done every single day because that's just not realistic and it's not possible you're going to be burnt out in like two seconds yeah that's so true I feel like that's yeah 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 that's very true uh the most yeah 
great advice. Yeah, personality and reliability for sure. Very important qualities yeah. to have. Be kind and nice to people and uh, be reliable. Uh, well, that was an awesome episode. I think we covered a lot of grounds. Uh, so <laughs> I'm really excited we got to talk about all these shows and like have your insight on so many things. Um, I think that's the end of this creative block. Chloe, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was so fun. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy when the guests say that. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to our listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's that creative block, creative without the vowels, where we ask for drunk prompts and questions to ask for guests. Huge thanks to our editor Clements for editing the podcast and Malik for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, V. Uh, keep being creative and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.